takes birth again. Om Agyana Timarandasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshur Unmilitam Ena Tasmai Shri Guruvenam Shri Chaitanya Manopistam Stapitam Ena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamahim Tadatisva Padant Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadar Shiva Sadi Gaura Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Rama Hare 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 Krishna So what is happening so far This chapter is chapter number What's the chapter number 5 Yes simple question all can answer. Eh? This is chapter number five. So let us see what's happening in this chapter. Yes? We have so far covered 20 verses. And today is verse number 20. Very good. You're all watching, noticing, attentive. Today is text number 21. So we are going to quickly recap what has happened so far? And then we will continue. Prajapati Daksha, he is a progenitor. What is a progenitor? Not terminator. He is a progenitor. What is a progenitor? He is entrusted or is given the duty by the Lord to increase the population. Hmm? So he's got a special power. Because we can only, as a human being, a human being can only produce human beings. An animal can produce only animals. Yeah? A demigod can only produce demigods. But a progenitor like Daksha can create all living entities, demigods, humans, and animals as well. See, this is a power that's given by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. Having given this job by his father, who is Daksha's father? Original father, actually. Actual father? Brahma. He asked him to Increase the progeny, increase the population of this world. Because at that time, we are talking about many, many, many millions of years back. At that time, Daksha married a lady whose name was What's the name? Anyone knows the name? Panchajani. Okay, so Daksha's wife name is Panchajani. Now, through the union of Daksha and Panchajani, they produce a first batch of children. How many of them? 10,000 10, children. Can you imagine? 
How many of us in this room? Probably around 50, 60, 50. 10,000 children. Because he's got the special power. Okay? Now, the 10,000 children, they were known as very, very good. Aryasvas. Okay? We call them as, when we don't say 10,000, 10,000. We call them as Aryasvas. That means 10,000 children as a group, batch. They're known as Aryasvas. So what Daksha, they were very obedient sons, okay? So what Daksha did was, he ordered his sons to perform austerity and to get children. Because in those days, one has to perform austerity before they get a children. They produce children. Okay? That is the norm. So, having advice by his father, Daksha, all the 10,000 sons, Ariyasvas, known as Ariyasvas, they went to the West. I also came to the West, but to make money. The Ariyasvas went to the West to do austerity. In a place known as, what is the name of the place they went to? Narayana Saras. Yes, not Sarava, Saras. Okay, very good. So you get 50%, 50% of the mark. Narayana Saras. This is a very holy place. This is a meeting place of river Sindh into the sea. Okay, the ocean. So it's a very powerful place. Okay, all the saints used to go also and worship. They're a very holy place. So they went there and they performed very strict tapasya, austerity. Austerity, meditation, penances, they were doing. Okay? Very vigorously. Now, Narada Muni, he came and he saw them. He said, these Aryasvas are performing very severe austerities for a material purpose. Yeah? To produce children. To get children. But, there is a higher cause, higher intelligence, Ultimate goal of life. They forgotten. And because their materialistic father, Daksha, advised them to do the austerity, they are using, they are basically wasting the time. For material purpose, they are doing so much austerity. And therefore, what he did? What did Narada Muni do? He gave them instructions. He advised them because he is a spiritual master. So he gives instructions. Now this Narada Muni, he gave instructions to the Haryasvas in the form of an allegory. Do you know what is allegory? No. Allegory means to reveal a hidden fact or a point within a story or a statement. You understand the point? To reveal a hidden, there is a hidden uh, a story or a hidden agenda or what, or hidden subject within a story. And by in the form of allegory, you reveal it. 
for example, just a mundane one. If I say two families are fighting for a piece of land, you'll think, oh, it's an ordinary fight. But what it means is two countries are fighting to get some land. You know what I mean? So the allegory can be used like that. All of you play with allegory? Allegory is to reveal a hidden meaning within a story or a statement. So Narada Muni is very expert in allegory. Where did Narada Muni use this, tec this technique of allegory in the previous canto? Hari, I agree. Where did Narada Muni use this technique of allegory in the previous canto? Prachiniya Bari. He has used, right? Everyone forgotten the fourth canto. He said that Puranjana, living entity, he goes, he marries a lady like that, you know. It's a, actually, he's trying to explain the situation of Prachiniya Bari in a form of allegory, talking about himself. <laughs> and it took some time for him to understand. In fact, he did not understand where it needs a high intelligence. Yes? Narada Muni is very good in that. So he used there in the fourth canto, and the sixth canto also, Narada Muni is doing the same allegorical statement. But that was a story. This is a statement with ten subject matters. We are going to see what the ten subject matters are, okay? You have to help me out. So Narada Muni told his ten subject matters in a form of an allegory. To whom? Hariyasvas. Ten thousand of them who are Daksha's children. Okay. Let us see what they are. Hmm? Let us see our intelligence. First Narada Muni said, first, okay, I'll say one, two, three, four, like that. So first he says, you have not seen the extremities of earth. Which means that this earth is always, earth means it refers to material activities. It's a field of activity, isn't it? Earth. Everything is going on in this earth. Field of activity. So here, what it means is, is very, very sharp, okay? What it means is, our body is a field of activity. Where did Krishna explain this? What's the name of this chapter? Very good. Is that your heading or is it Srila Prabhupada's? The nature, enjoyer and the consciousness. Okay? Krishna explains that the body is a field of activity, chetra, and there are two knowers, chetragna. So the body is a field of activity. Why is a field of activity? Because with this body, you can do a bad thing or a good thing. Yes? If you do good activities, karma, you'll be rewarded. If you do a bad activity, you'll be punished. So it's a field of activity. Therefore, Narada Muni said, listen, 
your body is a field of activity you should know which activity you are doing in this birth otherwise you are a fool this is intelligence yeah body is given senses are given so you should know what activities you are doing otherwise it's a waste of time re krishna then second one he says there is a kingdom where only one man lives does it make any sense there is only a kingdom where only one man lives what does it mean any idea yes 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 so there is a kingdom of god in goloka krishna is a only supreme person supreme person we are talking about there are so many person devotees but he is a only supreme master that's what it means here see how he is connecting nardamani and then the third one he says there is a hole from which having entered no one merges if you go into a hole you will not come back he is talking about spiritual world once you return see because if you look at the today's verse the translation says circum and follow the path by which one never returns to this world we should always follow a path which will not be binding if you do fruitive activities we have to come back again so if you do spiritual activities akarma it is not binding to this world and therefore one will be liberated and then what's the next one he says there is a prostitute woman who dresses herself with attractive dresses even in the puranjana story also narada muni said this yeah he talks about intelligence very very important what does it mean here narada muni is talking about the intelligence which means the process prostitute refers to unsteady intelligence it's not steady stira buddhi one should have steady intelligence that is stira buddhi if you do not have that problem unsteady intelligence means problem why problem again narada muni comes back to the next one because there is a man who is her husband so there is a prostitute which is compared to unsteady intelligence and there is a man who was married to this prostitute which means we as a soul if we listen to the unsteady intelligence then what will happen our intelligence we will be we lose all our intelligence and what will happen repeated cycle of birth and death so once intelligent should be steady and how do you do that how do you make your intelligence steady what's the process we have to do chanting also helps you to clear your impressions on the mind but intelligence part knowledge yes you should have spiritual knowledge you should read the shastras bhagavad gita shrimad bhagavatam and chaitanya charitamrita knowledge yeah because knowledge is a one that discriminates between matter and spirit knowledge is a one that discriminates 
because mind is works by the reasoning sorry mind works by instinct the knowledge or the intelligence works by reasoning mind is just instinct i want to do it i'll go there but intelligence is reasoning yes i will not do that because i don't want to do it because it's in the shastra so reasoning and then the next one what's the next one in that kingdom there is a river flowing in both directions this means that in the metal world kingdom talking about the metal world there is two task that is um, creation and destruction birth and death a living entity has got birth and death he cannot escape so as long as he does fruitive activities there is birth and death so therefore one should do what one should do what akama duties towards krishna spiritual duties then what happens he can stop that cycle of birth and death yeah and the next one a wonderful home made of 25 elements this should ring a bell you have heard of this many times yes cosmos yeah so the krishna it says that krishna is the owner of all the 25 is the owner of matter and spirit and therefore all this belongs to the lord and through the arrangement the material world is functioning 25 metal elements is very important for the metal creation then a swan that vibrates various sounds hamsa what it means is vedic literature is there yeah and it is coming from the lord yeah so one should be a paramahamsa to absorb only the essentials which is required to stop the birth stop the cycle of birth and death so paramahamsa means even though there is matter and spirit good and bad he should be he will be able to just take out only the cream hmm so a swan means vedic scriptures talk about so many things but as a paramahamsa we should only extract the things which will help us to stop the cycle of birth and death so that is referred to swan hamsa then an automatically revolving object made up of sharp razors and thunderbolts this talks about kala chakra why it is sharp because it kills everyone time it kills everyone and then finally he says how one should defy one's father one should not defy one's father yeah one should not defy that means one should not disobey one's father the verse number 20 ends with this one should not disobey one's father 
So we will start from there. Hmm? Now, imagine when we were talking about this 10 subject points, about these points of allegory, did we understand clearly in the first instance? Did we understand it? I did not understand it. I have to refer through the notes of Srila Prabhupada's purport and then try to understand. It's not easy to understand an allegory. But Hariyasvas, how intelligent they are to understand this immediately. They understood it straight away. How could they understand it straight away? What's the reason? We have got a few reasons there, right? Now, naturally, the Hariyas were where they had the natural intelligence. In, a, in case of us, right, we have to borrow our intelligence from Google, isn't it? If you don't know anything, what will you do? Google. Or we have to refer to someone else. Or we have to have a group study. All these things we should have. But they had a natural intelligence where they could understand. One. And two, the 10,000 of them, they had the same opinion. Eka Chetasaha. It is said in the, in the translation, in the verse, Hariyasva Eka Chetasaha. They were of the same opinion. Then imagine, this room, about 80 people are there roughly, okay? 80 of us have the same opinion, then we don't have any problems. But do we have that opinion? No. Why is that? Why Hariyaswas, there were 10,000 of them, they had the same opinion. But, as, but whereas we have got, there are only less than 80 people, we don't have the same opinion. We have got difference in opinion. Why is that? Yes, one of the reasons is Kaliyu. Because the mind is always disturbed. And two, these Hariyaswas were very highly elevated, very obedient sons. It is said that they had a very good character and mentality, you know, very good character. See, character is very important. And they've been brought into that character. But in Kali Yuga, what character have you got? A person does not have any character. So, therefore, the difference of opinion will come. And when the father ordered them to increase the population, they did not refuse or question the father. The father ordered them, go there and do the austerity and create the progeny. They left. They did not question him. And the third one is, when Narada Muni gave them higher intelligence, what is higher intelligence? Spiritual knowledge or when a knowledge comes from Guru, Sadhu and Shastra, then this can be higher intelligence. 
Everything else is lower or inferior intelligence. Material in intelligence is inferior. Spiritual intelligence is superior because it is coming from Guru, Sadhu and Shastra. When Narada Muni gave the spiritual instruction in the form of higher intelligence, they accepted it. Because, why did they accept it? Because they had, as we discussed, sterabuddhi. Steady intelligence is very important for spiritual life. As long as one does not have sterabuddhi, steady intelligence, very difficult to progress. Yeah? Otherwise, it will be compared to a prostitute who keeps on changing the dress. Because today you like this. Tomorrow, today I like a big house. Tomorrow I want a big car. Day after, I want a big business. It keeps on changing. Steady intelligence, right? Stira buddhir. Okay. And the other reason also was, very important reason is, they were very simple-hearted. A Vaishnava is a simple-hearted. Yeah? Simplicity. Otherwise, it's very difficult. Okay. So, now I'm going to ask you a question. Question time. Why the Aryasvas did not follow their father ultimately? Did you ask us, did you understand the question? Okay, I'll tell you. Initially, Daksha's sons, Aryasvas, when the father ordered them to go to a place, holy place, and do the austerity, they listened. They did not say. They did not question the father. They went and they were performing severe austerities. Then Narada Muni was thinking, why these people are wasting their time for material purposes? Why can't they give them higher intelligence? So Narada Muni gave higher intelligence. Yeah? And they accepted, firmly convinced. They left, they never returned. Okay? So my question is, in one sense, the Hariyasvas, yeah? they did not follow the father, material father, Daksha. Why? It apparently looked as if they were following the father, but they left. At the end of the day, they did not do the progeny. They left, isn't it? Why? What's the reason? Yes, correct. Yes. Good. Little bit more. Very good. I just give you a hint. The hint is in the previous verse. Verse number 20. That's all I'm giving you. Okay. Anyone else? Yeah, they realized basically, yeah? Yeah, that's also good. But the hint is in verse number 20. They had a faith on instruction. Yes, spiritual life, you should need faith. Very important. Shraddha. Everything depends on faith. Yes, correct? But more.
All answers are correct. But I'm looking for a particular answer. I've given the hint also. Anyway, okay, we'll break the ice. Verse number 20, the previous verse, Srila Prabhupada as well as Vishwanatha Chakravarti Thakur. What do they say? They say, real father is the Shastras and not the mundane father. If one follows the Shastras, then one is following the real father. And therefore, the answer is, in any instructions by the material father to engage the sons in the material activities are not considered as a real knowledge and therefore one need not have to follow. Hmm? Questions can be, you can park the questions. We will ask them if it is okay with you, yeah? Because we are having in a particular thoughts, you know. I'll take, definitely take your questions. But is it pertaining to that immediately to this, uh, to this topic we're talking about, is it? Correct. You cannot go out of the home, go in the jungle, and then do, not do your duties. If you're doing your duties properly, and then doing your duties 100 percent then you get moksha in the end, isn't it? Hmm. I'll give you a very short answer. We'll talk later, okay? Now, when you said uh, family life, the Shastra describes two lines, okay? One is Ragastha and the other one is Gragamedi. The Shastra is not against Gragastas. Gragastas are the one who follow the Shastra's injunction as per, as designed by the Supreme Lord. But Gragamedi is a problem. As long as you follow the Shastra's and become a Gragasta, no problem. But a Gragamedi means using everything for your own pleasure and creating. That is known as Gragamedi. That is a problem. You understand the point? So if you see all the Acharyas, you know, some of the... Bhaktivinoda Thakur was our previous Acharya, he was a Gragastha. Yes, he had as about 10 children, I think. Yes? Yeah, you, so as long as you follow Gragastha Ashram, that is okay. But Gragamedi means I am the center. In the Gragamedi, the, the simple logic is, husband and wife is there, Husband thinks he is a superior, the wife also thinks she is a superior. Then how can there be a pro how can there be not a problem? But in the Gragastha, Krishna is in the center. The husband thinks Krishna is in the center. The wives think Krishna is in the center. And therefore, there's no problem. Yeah? In short. But we'll discuss that later. Yeah? Yeah, so understood that. So in the instructions of the father to engage the sons in materialistic activities are not considered the instructions of a real father. Therefore, if a son follows Sastra, he's following the real father. So that is the conclusion. Okay. Then, now, interesting, okay? I know that you were a little bit <clears throat> bored, okay? So what we do is, 
we will do, we will run a parallel between two characters in Srimad Bhagavatam, okay? One is Priyavarta and the other one is Hariyasvas and see, compare and contrast so that we understand better because both these characters are coming in Srimad Bhagavatam, okay? It's not that, it's not, we are going out of that. It is inside Srimad Bhagavatam, both these characters. But given the situation, how did they act? It's very important for us, yeah? Everyone will be having different situations. But how we, <clears throat> how we act in a particular situation is very important as a devotee, okay? So the first one is Prayavarta, the second one is Aryasvas. All of you know the background of Hariyasvas because it's been going on, yeah? They listened to the father, they went to austerity to perform, to beget children, Narada Muni saw, he advised higher intelligence, they accepted and they went back and they said bye-bye dad. They're gone. Priyavarta is a little bit different. He is a son of, see, Hariyasvas is a son of Daksha, who is a progenitor, who is also son of Brahma. Swayambhava Manu is also son of Brahma. And his son is Priyavarta, elder son. Okay? Now, Priyavarta, what happened was, Swayambhava Manu, the Manu, the first Manu, huh, who is also son of Brahma, had two sons, Priyavarta and this other one, Uttanapada. Am I right? Correct. Okay. Now, Priyavarta naturally is a renunciate. He's not attached. He doesn't want to come to Australia and earn dollars. Naturally, is a renunciate. Very happy with whatever he has and chant. So, his spiritual master is Narada Muni. So, he went to a holy place and he was peacefully doing austerities because he doesn't want to get entangled. What happened? At one point, Swayambhava Manu want to retire. Okay? He said, okay, I want all my kingdom to be given to Priyavarta and I can retire. So, okay. When, listen to this point, when Swayambhava Manu, the father of Priyavarta, when he went and asked Priyavarta that, you know, that I want you to become a family man, Kragastha, he said no. He refused his father. Contrast. When you come to Ariyasvas, the father said, Hey, Ariyasvas, all of you, 10,000 of you, you should, I'm ordering you, to go and do the austerity and to get children. He said, yes, dad, we will go. They left. But Priyavarta, what did he say? I am sorry. I don't want to listen to you. Already I am doing a higher, <laughs> higher purpose, ultimate goal of life. I don't want to entangle. I don't want to do it. Then what happened? According to his father, he was a little bit disobedient, right? He was not obedient because he's not taking the order, my order. Swayambhava Manu, not taking. So what he has to do? He has to go to his boss boss, Guru's Guru. Who is that? 
Priyavarta Guru is Nardamuni. Who is Nardamuni's Guru? Yes. Lord Brahma. So he has to pull the strings. So he requested, because his father himself, you know, his grandfather. So he went to Lord Brahma and Brahma has to come down to convince Priyavarta. What did he say? Hey, Priyavarta, don't worry. You are renounced. Even if you take up a family life, still you will not be bound. As long as you continue your austerities, your Krishna consciousness, it will not bind you. Continue Krishna conscious and become a family man. Listen to your dad. And become a family man. Priyavarta said yes. And he did it. But, okay. So apparently what I was trying to say is, see, note these two characters, okay. First Priyavarta, it apparently looked that he's not going to follow his dad. But later on, he was convinced, he became a Gragasta, he produced children, and then he went back to Godhead. One scenario. Here, Hariyasva, it looked as if they were trying to obey the dad, but actually they did not obey. They did not produce any children. But in the case of Priyavarta, he did not want to produce children, but he was made to produce children. But Hariyasva said, I am going to produce children. They did not produce children. See, look at the contrast. Different scenario, how they acted. But can you say that Priyavarta is the best and Hariyasva is not good or Hariyasva is best and Priyavarta is not good? What can you, what can you say? Who is better and who is, uh, who is superior? Who is superior? Priyavarta is superior. So Hariyasva is inferior, is it? No, I am just asking. You know why? Both are the same. Why? How do you say? Because the end point is both of them went to back to Godhead. Okay. Priyavarda, his uh, steps was Priyavarda renounced family man, renounced back to Godhead. Four steps basically. No, three steps, right? First he was very renounced. Then he became a family man. Again, you have to detach. He was renounced and then went to back to Godhead. But Hariyas was renounced back to Godhead. They eliminated two steps. So, the point is, whether you take one birth or two births doesn't matter. The goal is back to Godhead. That is important. Both of them returned on the same, uh, same life. But, Priyavarda, a little bit of detouring. But at the end, he succeeded because he was assured by Lord Brahma. But Hariyasva did not want to take any chance. Straight away, back to God. Straight away, take the flight. Got the point? So, it based on what your, our scenario is. It doesn't mean that Priyavarda is bad because he got married. Hariyasva is bad because he did not listen to the father. It's no. As long as what we take away today is as long as we listen to the instructions of Shastra, which is the real father, and you return back to Godhead, that is what is it. Does not matter how you do it. Whether you do it as a Brahmachari, Vanaprastha, Gragastha, or Sannyasi, does not matter. It's a Varna and Ashram. Different stages. It does not matter. Therefore, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, 
All of you should practice bhakti. Varna and ashram are not considered important for bhakti. It's a tool. Okay. So, having discussed this, in the purport, Srila Prabhupada is talking about initiation. Okay? Very, very important step in our institution. It's gone. Very important. So, what we do, please be attentive for next 15 more minutes only. We are going to extract references from couple of literatures and to see the importance of initiation. Yes? What Acharyas are saying, what our scriptures are saying, you know, about initiation, so that we know. Hmm? Okay. Chaitanya Charitamrita 4.192. Who knows this verse? Antya Leela. 4.192. Very good one. Please listen. I like Chaitanya Charitamrita in the sense, not that I am very, you know, a pakka devotee or something, but the rhyming is like a song. Very good. You know, it has got the rhymes, you know, what you call that, uh, how do you say? Meter rhyming is very good. So, Diksha Kale Bhakta Kare Atma Samarpana Say Kale Krishna Tare Kare Atma Sama. Yeah? I will read once again. Diksha Kale Bhakta Kare Atma Samarpana Say Kale Krishna Tare Kare Atma Sama. Atma Sama. Hmm. The meaning is, at the time of initiation, when a devotee fully surrenders onto the service of Lord Krishna, Krishna accepts him as good as himself. So, one word, what is the meaning of this? Two sentences, one sentence, what is the meaning in one word? Sorry? Yeah, everything is correct. But the meaning is Krishna recognizes himself as good as himself if you take initiation. That means, you know, Krishna is completely spiritual. That means he puts you onto the spiritual platform. See, you're no longer considered material. Will, do you consider Krishna's material? Anything, any form of Krishna, any objects, any paraphony of Krishna's material? No. In the same way, he considers yourself, when you take initiation, as good as himself. That is, you become spiritual. See, the power. Chaitanya Charitamrita. Okay. Then, to this effect, Sanatana Goswami, in Hari Bhakti Vilasa, 2.12. What does it say? I agree with this very good verse. I think anyone knows this? Arivela is a 2.12. Yata kanchanatam yati kamsyan rasa vidyanata tata diksha vidyanena dvejatam dvejatam jayate nirman. 
ಅಗ್ರೀಡೆನ್ಸ್ ಅಗೇನ್ ಯಥಾ ಕಾಂಚನತಂ ಯತಿ ಕಂಸ್ಯಾನ್ ರಸ ವಿದ್ಯಾನತ ತತ ದೀಕ್ಷಾ ವಿದ್ಯಾನೇನ ದ್ವಿಜಥಂ ದ್ವಿಜಥಂ ಜಯತೆ ನಿರ್ಣಂ ದ್ವಿಜ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಟ್ವೈಸ್ ಬಾಂಡ್ ಸೊ ದ ಮೀನಿಂಗ್ ಇಸ್ ಆಸ್ ಅ ಬೆಲ್ ಮೆಟಲ್ ಈಸ್ ಟರ್ನ್ಡ್ ಇನ್ ಟು ಗೋಲ್ಡ್ ವೆನ್ ಮಿಕ್ಸ್ಡ್ ವಿತ್ ಮೆರ್ಕುರಿ ಇನ್ ಎ ಕೆಮಿಕಲ್ ಪ್ರಾಸೆಸ್ ಸೊ ಒನ್ ಇಸ್ ಪ್ರಾಪರ್ಲಿ ಟ್ರೈನ್ಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಇನಿಷಿಯೇಟೆಡ್ ಬೈ ಅ ಬೋನಫೈಡ್ ಸ್ಪಿರಿಚುವಲ್ ಮಾಸ್ಟರ್ ಇಮಿಡಿಯೇಟ್ಲಿ ಬಿಕಮ್ಸ್ ಅ ಬ್ರಾಹ್ಮಣ ಯಾ ಐ ರೀಡ್ ಒನ್ಸ್ ಅಗೇನ್ ಆಸ್ ಅ ಬೆಲ್ ಮೆಟಲ್ ಈಸ್ ಟರ್ನ್ ಟು ಗೋಲ್ಡ್ ವೆನ್ ಮಿಕ್ಸ್ ವಿತ್ ಮೆರ್ಕುರಿ ಇನ್ ಅ ಕೆಮಿಕಲ್ ಪ್ರಾಸೆಸ್ ಸೊ ಒನ್ ಇಸ್ ಪ್ರಾಪರ್ಲಿ ಟ್ರೈನ್ಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಇನಿಷಿಯೇಟೆಡ್ ಬೈ ಅ ಬೋನಫೈಡ್ ಸ್ಪಿರಿಚುವಲ್ ಮಾಸ್ಟರ್ ಇಮಿಡಿಯೇಟ್ಲಿ ಬಿಕಮ್ಸ್ ಅ ಬ್ರಾಹ್ಮಣ ಸನಾತನ ಗೋಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಇಸ್ ಸೈಂಗ್ ಒನ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಪ್ರೀವಿಯಸ್ ಆಚಾರ್ಯ ನಾವು ಇನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಕನೆಕ್ಷನ್ ಐ ವಾಂಟ್ ಟು ಜಸ್ಟ್ ಡಿಸ್ಟಿಂಗ್ವಿಶ್ ಒನ್ ಪಾಯಿಂಟ್ ದರ್ ಈಸ್ ಇಟ್ಸ್ ಗಿವನ್ ಅಗೇನ್ ಭಕ್ತಿ ವಿಲಾ ಭಕ್ತಿ ಹರಿಭಕ್ತಿ ವಿಲಾಸ ದಟ್ ದರ್ ಈಸ್ ಅ ಡಿಫ್ರೆನ್ಸ್ ಬಿಟ್ವೀನ್ ಸ್ಮಾರ್ಥ ಪ್ರಾಸೆಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಗೋಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಪ್ರಾಸೆಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಪ್ರಾಸೆಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಗಿವನ್ ಬೈ ಸನಾತನ ಗೋಸ್ವಾಮಿ ವಿಚ್ ಇಸ್ ಅ ಗೋಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಪ್ರಾಸೆಸ್ ಸೊ ವಾಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಅ ಸ್ಮಾರ್ಥ ಪ್ರಾಸೆಸ್ according to the smartha process one is accepted as a brahmana when one is born in a family family only according to goswami process hari bhakta vilasa and narada pancharatrika according to narada muni pancharatrika one can become a brahmana if he properly initiated by a bona fide spiritual master we want to question sanatana goswami this is a power of the disciplic succession it is connected by a chain the moment you take initiation from a bona fide sampradaya and whose guru is in succession disciplic succession then what happens it is recognized by krishna and you are become a brahmana straight away not by birth by guna and karma then this is also added or referenced by sukadeva goswami in shrimad bhagavatam 2.4.18 now all of you please listen okay <laughs> we are going to talk about different nationalities here okay okay what the verse says is kirata means there is a provid there is a particular place in bharata that is a particular class of people we are talking about dif- how different classes of people will be liberated okay kirata means one process one people from old uh, bharata then huna there are all different classes of people huna means this is srila prabhupada's purport from 2.4.18 huna means part of germany and russia they are all according to sheila proper lower classes of people okay they are known as this then andhra <laughs> a province of south uh, south india sheila propada says that andhra luckily he did not say dravida <laughs> anyway uh, pulinda pulinda means greeks then pulkasha is as another province he did not mention then abdira part of old sindhu pakistan people abdira and then sumba sumbaha 
Kanaka province. And then Yavanaha means Turkish people. Then Kasha, Mongolian. All these races and even others addicted to sinful activities can be purified by taking shelter of the devotees of the Lord due to their supreme power. See, the association of devotees also mentioned. All these classes of people, they're classified as sinful, but we cannot say this. We are just discussing this point as per the purport. All these lower classes of people can be purified simply by the association of devotees. This is the power of a devotee association, a disciplic succession given by our founder, Acharya Srila Prabhupada. How powerful is this association? And then, to add another reference also, for latecomers, we are pulling out a lot of references from various scriptures to prove how the process of initiation is so powerful. Initiation cannot be underestimated. How powerful is that? So that's what we're saying. Now in Padma Purana, the very good verse, some of you may know that. Sampradaya vihinehi mantrastu nishpala matha. That means any mantra that does not come from the disciplic succession is considered, a, considered as fruitless. That's not bare any, that's useless basically. So any mantra should be connected to the disciplic succession, parampara. And there are four paramparas, all of, all of you know this, right? What are the four paramparas? Disciplic succession which is coming from? Rudra, Shri, Brahma, Madhava, Gaudiya, and four Kumaras, four Sampradayas. So anything which is outside of these four paramparas are not considered authentic, according to Padma Purana. So the meaning is that if one wants to advance in spirituality, then one must receive his mantras from one of the four bona fide sampradayas. Otherwise, he will never advance in spirituality. And finally, we will end, end here with one more verse, which is Srimad Bhagavatam 2.3.10. Most of you know this. Akama sarvakama va mokshakama udarete Tivrena bhakti yogena yajita purishamparam. A person who's got a broader intelligence, higher intelligence, whether he has got full of material desire, no material desire, or desire for liberation, he must approach Krishna. Doesn't matter what your position is regarding Varna Nashram. Yeah? Approach Krishna and all your problems will be solved. So that is a conclusion. Yes? All right. So we will stop here. So if there is any a quick questions or comments, thoughts, realization. I think you had that question, no? Are you okay? Namacharya, Haridas Thakur, yeah? So, yeah, anyone can. Because that's, 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 that's the power of holy name. <laughs>
See, the name Rama and Krishna, they're not only holy names, they're mantra by itself. Yeah? Rama and Krishna. Hare. They're powerful mantra by itself. It is a, like a package. Therefore, clear, yes, you can become. Now I'm a little bit scared. <laughs> because she's out. Yeah. You should give mic. Because what happens is, when I listen to the Bhagavatam class, I don't get the questions. Please, Prabhu. Because I just know, uh, someone is asking some questions, you know, and uh, vaguely we get to know, and then the answer, we get the answer. So probably if you give a, we can relate and uh, people can also. Thank you, Prabhu. So, um, Hare Krishna Prabhuji. So we see in this chapter um, that, so Narayan Muni, he's helping the Hari Ashwas, um, which is making Krishna pleased. And then on the other side, we see Daksha getting upset because he's preaching to the Hari Ashwas not to make progeny. So like, how is that going to make Krishna pleased if one side is happy and one side is What's the next part? The second part I did not understand. How? So like he's making the Hariyashwas happy by telling them to just perform austerities and then um, not to create progeny. But then on the other side you see Daksha, he told the Hariyashwas to create progeny but then they're not listening, like they're not obeying him. So like how is that, how is that making Krishna pleased? Krishna being pleased? Yeah. We, we mentioned in verse 20 that the Shastra is a real father. Okay? Now, if we also discussed that, if the father is uh, allowing his children to engage in materialistic activities, then they are not considered the instructions of a father. The instructions of the real father is Shastra. And therefore, Daksha's uh, uh, approach is materialistic. He's not acting as a real father. A real father is the one who will engage his children in the spiritual activities. Yeah? You know what I mean? So I'm rephrasing that. Okay, any father who engages his children in materialistic activities is not considered as a real father and therefore their instruction is not valid. In short, that is what we discussed. Yeah. So, so shastras, you know, see, it's very important that why we have to follow shastra because it says it refers to shastra, right? Now, we know the supreme Lord only through the shastras. Yes, and therefore. By, by listening or by adhering to the Shastra, we are pleasing the Supreme Lord. It is not like pleasing directly, but if we follow something in the Shastra, for example, you know, 
it says that there are four pro pro prohibited activities are there, no meat eating, intoxication like that. So if you follow, that is in the Shastras. So if you follow, then Krishna will be pleased because it's a step towards Krishna consciousness. Yeah? But there is directly you can please the Lord by chanting. Indirectly also you can please by following, being in the mode of goodness, by picking up activities which is in the Shastras, not against the Shastras. Because after all, if you really see the description or the definition of a, what is the definition of a devotee? It's the one who follows scriptures, right? Shastras, like that. So a devotee, if he follows a Shastra, then he'll be pleasing the Supreme Lord. Yeah? So actually, in one sense, you can say, I don't know if I can use a comment, that the children please the, that the Hariyasvas please the Lord. But I don't know if Daksha please the Supreme Lord. Yeah, it's a question to answer. We don't know. Because he's, see, what happened was, first of all, uh, he was not happy and he again cursed Narada Muni, which I don't think Krishna will be very happy cursing devotees. Yeah? So I don't know if Daksha will be, if the Supreme Lord is uh, pleased with Daksha's action. But definitely they're pleased with uh, Haryas was because they went back to God. Is that okay? Or? Okay, any other questions? Okay. Gantaraj Srimad Bhagavadam Kija. Jagat Guru Srila Prabhupada. Nithai Gaura Premanandi.